Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Silicon Dreams 15:50 AM. I'm Charlene from Orbis 86, your host for today, and we have with us a very special guest, Piyush C. Joy, a seasoned product manager with a knack for navigating the dynamic landscapes of Web 2 and Web 3 technologies, with a passion for innovation in crypto and a track record of delivering high-quality products. He is poised to lead the successful launch of groundbreaking projects at And Crypto and beyond. Welcome, Piyush. It's great having you here. Hey, hi, Shalane. Uh, thank you for the warm introduction. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, and I think with that, we already have an idea of your amazing journey. So let's start with you know understanding uh, what got you to Web three. Where how did it start? Uh, and your current role, if you can talk a little bit about that, and you know what do you think about Web three in general, the, the whole blockchain and crypto landscape? Awesome. Yeah, just to get. Uh, Give a brief about my journey. I would like to really start that um, I am actually coming from the Silicon Valley of India, right? I come from Bangalore, uh, so I have I was well exposed to understanding technology. So once I graduated from my college, from Bangalore University, I really got the opportunity to work with Flipkart as a social media specialist. That I really understood that you know uh, dealing with people's problems, I kind of uh, started having a you know an interest towards that solving these problems. And that's what really like brought me first into understanding tech and you know the service industry. I I was there for like around six months, and then I uh, navigated into a startup where I was pretty much like a business dev and executive. I really understood that you know I was talking to clients, and basically I was trying to get more business for that company. Mm-hmm. And then I I started to uh, become a project manager. So there I led. Uh, an entire team of twelve uh, to fifteen uh, developers, front end and back end developers, mm-hmm. and then I start getting exposed myself to more of the technological end of it. A lot of functional things I start realizing, and then um, more or more or less, like I started uh, building my career over project management, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that was pretty much my web two journey. Right. So I was there like two years uh, working in the startup and. after that i got an opportunity to work with the metaverse project mm-hmm. uh, so that was my entry into web3 so this okay. is around the same time when you know crypto and metaverse is becoming a big thing in the in the space and i really didn't want to miss out on it and i was really like looking for an opportunity i joined this uh, digital fashion metaverse it was called meta arrow uh, it was a very exciting project we were trying to build a complete shopping experience over web3 it's totally uh, built on the unreal engine experience and i was de- uh, you know dealing uh with more of the project growth and i was also managing a team of like five to six developers that was like unreal engine developers game developers so i kind of got a whole exposure of how you know the the crypto landscape works you know leaving leaving not only the crypto but the metaverse mm-hmm. like building a digital experience i got to understand a lot of these things and then i finally understood that you know uh crypto is the place to be especially web3 because that was when you know the prices were like going up and yeah. uh, i really didn't want to miss out on these opportunities so i started like you know uh, putting more time into this started engaging myself into it started going for these conferences web3 events uh, meeting uh, folks like you uh, building my network and i started like building my own credibility in the space so i was there in uh, for this uh, metaverse project for like around 8 to 9 months and then i switched into a crypto wallet industry so that is when i uh, kind of geared my whole uh, career towards fintech 
Right. So what we are doing with Ancrypto is basically we are building a non-custodial crypto wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the project has been live for the past one year. And we have been able to onboard like 300,000 uh, users. Mm-hmm. And we have built a huge credibility around the uh, crypto wallet space by building an experience that no wallet is right now offering. I mean, yeah. coming to that uh, later on, but basically my journey was pretty much, you know, uh, like just taking up the roller coaster drive and seeing where I end up. That's how it was. Definitely. I mean, that's a very, very interesting uh, journey just to see that the whole thing happen. And you spoke about, you know, the whole concept of non-custodial wa- crypto wallets, right? So like, like and crypto. So for our listeners who might not be familiar with them, how do they differ from traditional custodial wallets? Right, right. So um, what I do with Uncrypto first is I'm a product manager. So I basically look into the entirety of the product development and design. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I believe I should be able to explain this in a much more simpler way for your audience. So let's just understand a crypto wallet to be a basic wallet, right? It's anything to store your crypto assets. So these crypto assets, they're basically a bunch of code and they have to be stored very securely. And that's where crypto wallets come. Uh, So what's happening here is Crypto wallets are built in and designed in such a way that they're able to read the public wallet addresses and store them very safely and your private keys are intact. Mm-hmm. So now there are custodial wallets and non-custodial wallets. So custodial wallets are those wallets that are pretty much centralized. Like there would be a centralized agency or a centralized network that actually has control over your public assets and your private keys. Uh, but when it comes to non-custodial, it's pretty much totally decentralized in all sense. It's like the private keys is given to the user itself. He's responsible for his keys. If it's not your keys, it's not your wallet. That's the notion, right? So what at non what at Encrypto we have done is we have built a non-custodial wallet where your complete keys are stored within your device itself. So we are just a service, right? You are responsible for your keys. If you lose your keys, you lose your funds. It's very simple like that because what we really envision is giving the complete freedom for users to have their uh, you know, experience over dealing with DeFi. Okay. And we have built a very Web3 concrete wallet where you can not only just uh, store crypto assets, but also interact into the wider uh, Web3 uh, space. So why we really did this is firstly, you will be in control of your keys. Nobody else is in control of your keys. You're given your seed phase and these seed phases or is pretty much, you know, you can import them. You can import your trust wallet seed phase into Encrypto or you can create your own seed phrase, have, uh, you know, store them somewhere or make a note of them. And then, of course, these private keys that is being uh, registered, which is your wallet address, they would have these private keys to actually read transactions. All those particular keys will be stored within the user's device. And crypto has no control over it. Unlike custodial wallets, what's actually happening is those private keys are being stored in some of the servers where these companies or organizations have access to it. So it's not safe. Mm-hmm. So with Encrypto, it's completely non-custodial. It's completely safe, completely decentralized. Awesome. I mean, um, yeah, that that I think that will uh, definitely appeal. And thanks for simplifying it. That made, uh, I mean, I hope our listeners have understood um, what non-custodial wallets are now. And, you know, speaking, going back to your journey, actually, as a product manager and, you know, whatever else that you have described in, in the way. So um, could you share a memorable project from your career where you successfully navigated challenges in the Web3 space? Because there are so many. And what were some of the key lessons that you learned while you navigated these challenges? Wow, that's a very interesting question. So I can think of this one moment. I'll just go back to my uh, the past where I was actually building that 
digital fashion metaverse experience mm-hmm. uh, so one of the major challenges we were facing is we were uh, we were very motivated very aspirational you know set of team of developers a founder was very motivated to build a, you know a complete experience over unreal engine yeah. so for the listeners who don't know so unreal engine is a very advanced uh, computerization or a gaming uh, technology where you can uh, experience like super realistic graphics super realistic graphics so for you know uh, for any computer to support these kind of high graphic resolutions the one major thing that's required is hardware and very good resources um, and you need a good computation power and all these uh, things require a lot of you know money and require a lot of energy and resources and what we were actually building is we were building a metaverse that would be completely built around this technology that's unreal engine and unreal engine was a very uh, you know a developing thing it was still you know being explored upon there was unreal engine 4 by the time we were building our experience unreal engine 5 got released so why again this beef is just that we were building our metaverse on unreal engine 4 right and then later on within 2 3 months they released unreal engine 5 Right. and then we were building this entire metaverse experience and we noticed there's a huge gap between 4 and 5 yeah. like uh, with unreal engine 5 there was a ray tracing in, introduced and there were uh, like you know cross platform experiences slowly getting developed and researched so we felt that there was this major gap and we were not able to address it because when we were actually uh, so i was basically i was there as a senior project manager you know working with the co-founders so i used to get into all these meetings with uh, the advisors and the investors We were looking to raise funds and everything, and every every time they used to just ask, like, "Don't you feel there's a huge gap between you guys, you know, dealing with Unreal Engine four and now there's Unreal Engine five? And who knows? There might be Unreal Engine six and seven. So we were like, "Yeah, that is a genuine question, and we didn't really see this coming." And uh, so what happened is all those experiences that we built on Unreal Engine four, which is pretty much a lot of time, it took, it took like around six to seven months. All these kind of all these things were going to come into risk, and then we understood like. Oh damn! What did we get into? Like we are working on some old technology right now, and we need to now stay updated for the latest technology. And not only that, as I said, it requires energy and resources. We really didn't have those things to back us up. We didn't have the funds. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the exact engineers who were actually familiar with this technology or, or the updated technology. And of course, the computation power we were not able to support it. So there was this major gap when it comes to the technical and on the funding end, and so it was a major lesson for me to really, you know, understand like Web three is still, uh, you know, a growing and uh, you know a space that is still being explored. Okay. And when you actually get into all these kind of commitments, you always need to consider that you're still too early. You're still too early. Web three is still too early. Like that that comes to every industry right now. Any sector in Web three is just too early. We are just like building solutions for the future. and that was my learning lesson for me where i understood that if anybody who wants to come into web3 always remember this that there's a road of challenges ahead and if you're willing to like deal with those challenges there's a lot of uh, you know you know a lot of pain and sweat around it and if you have the patience and if you have the will power and a, 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 a you know a deep desire to take those risks then jump into web3 or else i would always say like stick to web2 it's always good there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of products out there there are a lot of technologies out there uh, there are a lot of jobs out there but if you're coming into web3 it's always a risk so my lesson was obviously navigating those risks in all those ways because 
I stayed updated. I was making sure that I knew what was happening in the latest uh, part of Web3. And being part and parcel of Web3 is how you can navigate those challenges. Definitely. I mean, uh, Web3 is, like you said, fairly new. And, uh, you know, when you compare Web2 and Web3, of course, uh, the landscape is definitely changing every second, every minute. But with Web3, I think there are more risks involved just because it is so new and people are still trying to understand what's happening and, you know, what's going on with it. So, but I, I believe that also, like you said, if you come in, you have to be able to, you know, take these risks to go forward. And um, yeah, that that's that's about it. And so as someone deeply involved in both Web2 and Web3 technologies, what are some of the notable, uh, you know, differences in project management approaches between the two ecosystems? Wow, okay. <laughs> this is a question I really need to think about. Well, firstly, when it comes to Web2, how I can say project management works is the traditional sense, you know, like you just take down someone's requirement and then you build over it. Like if you're in a service industry, definitely that's how it's going to work. You take down those requirements, uh, then you do some brainstorming around it, and then you finalize those requirements and tell your clients, like, hey, this is what we can do, and this is how we can develop, and then you give the budget, and you forecast the timeline for development, and pretty much very straightforward. When it comes to Web3, I would say it's a totally different journey. Like, firstly, those requirements should be written down. Uh, but again, you'll have to just make sure that you're giving your clients the best experience, or you're giving your stakeholders the best experience by staying updated with understanding what is actually happening in Web3. Because if you're going to uh, now employ something which was discarded in Web3, uh, a very simple thing is like, there's a lot of uh, arguments or a lot of statements around proof of work, proof of stake, delegated proof of stake and so on and so forth. So if you're trying to find um, a good solution for your client and if you're going for the wrong or for the outdated, uh, so I'm not saying proof of work is outdated. That's not my point of view. I'm just giving an example here. Like it depends on like what kind of solution you're offering them or what kind of solution you're taking to actually first get started on the development. And on the development front, what really matters is there's a lot of brainstorming required and you need to really be willing to understand that this is something very challenging. Like it's not like very easy. Because you need to have resources who know solidity, who, who has a good understanding of crypto JS and so on and so forth. So you don't find resources firstly who can who can actually develop these kind of things. And if you really need to find those resources, you need to be able to meet them in the dev, you know, the hackathons on these various, uh, you know, uh, very good uh, freelancing websites and so on and so forth. So there's this limitation of resource. And when it comes to the management style, it's a bit more different. It's like. Uh, firstly, you you develop something and then you actually take in user feedback. You have to take the user feedback because uh, what's happening in Web3 is there are different per, uh, like user personas. And if you do not understand those user personas and you develop a product, you might not really even uh, be recognized for your work. Right. Like a very simple example is there was meme coins. There was this whole trend of accepting memes as a culture. But in Web2, that doesn't really work because nobody really is going to appreciate you having a cat meme over your Web3 product or over your Web2 product. But you can do that in Web3. Mm -hmm. So the management style is totally different. I was not really inclining on the project management end, but I'm just talking about how a product development roadmap would look like and how that product execution would look like. Everything is different. And I can definitely say one thing for sure, like once you actually build a Web3 product, for it to actually be accepted, it's very difficult. Like it's a long journey ahead to actually have them understand your key features or your key USP right. and, you know, communicating and getting it driven out there. That's very difficult. That's where you need the support of your users. You need a community driven approach. 
But in Web2, it's very much like, oh, I have a product, I'm going to push it out there. I know the users are there. I'm solving a user's particular need. But in Web3, it's different. In Web3, you might be solving a user's need, but it's not a necessity. There's a, there's a difference between necessity and there's a difference between the requirements met or there. So I would say that there's a huge gap. And uh, the one, one major difference I can definitely say is in Web3, everything is colorful, right? There's a lot of creativity around it. And Web2, it's a very, you know, a boring sense of, yeah, it's a product, you know, I'm, sol I'm just solving this. We're good with that. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I would say it's very different in that sense. That's that's true. I mean, we already have the know-how web to uh, to start with, but how do you prioritize features and enhancements in in you know in this constantly evolving environment like the crypto space? How I would really prioritize my features is firstly we we need to always stick to a roadmap, right? Regardless of what it is, have a roadmap in place because you'll have a lot of feedback, a lot of suggestions. Right. A lot of brainstorming, a lot of ideas coming in through. You'll be like just going through a Web3 magazine and like, hey, why not? Why don't I do this? Yeah. And you can be able to do that. But if you start, you know, uh, em employing all these different ideas and different development, then you're never going to develop your actual product. <laughs> you know, you get stuck in that loop where you're not really considering your priorities. Right. So coming to your priorities, I would definitely say, listen to what your users have to say. Right? Mm -hmm. That's very important. Understanding what's the need of the hour is something, something important. But sticking to your roadmap, sticking to your plan, sticking to what you believe in, because that's how Web3 is all about. Web3 is all about the identity. It's all about the culture that you believe in, the change that you want to bring into the space. So I would always say prioritize your roadmap. And of course, uh, when, you, when you feel your product is out there and it's not performing to the best, work on those bugs uh, and, you know, make it much more, uh, you know, user-centric. So I would always say user experience always prioritize user experience because there's a huge gap of users to get onboarded into web3 firstly it's very complicated it's very technical and you know th there's a lot of things that they have to really swade through in web2 it's very straightforward so in web3 you need to give them that handheld user guidance you need to tell them this is what you got to be doing this is what's supposed to be done through this particular feature and you educate your product and building that education building that awareness of the product and prioritizing your features in such a way that all this is being addressed is how you need to be working out on your uh, priorities. Right. That that makes sense. I think having a roadmap is definitely the way to go. Um, we also kind of read uh, that you have a background in mindfulness and fitness. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Web3 is crazy. Um, I mean, crazy in a good way, but it is, you know, it kind of gets you at some point. So how do you incorporate these practices, if you do, into your professional life and, you know, uh, help maintain like a balance and focus, uh, especially in like high pressure situations? I mean, this could be generally in work, but especially in Web3, how do you, do you incorporate it? If yes, then how? Well, uh, coming to the fitness end, yes, it's very important to stay fit, stay healthy. You know, uh, you're doing a lot of things like Web3 is a lot of challenges, but definitely there's a lot of rewards around it. You make a good amount of money. And if you want to enjoy that money, you got to stay healthy. This is my one advice I tell everyone, like stay fit, stay healthy. Uh, because I've been through my dark days where I have, I was going through an illness and I really, I realized that I'm like, you know, all this is good, but if you don't have the health to enjoy all this, then there's no point of it. Like. That's one of the major things why I really make uh, make sure that I'm sustainable in the long run, Absolutely. because um, building my career in, in this space is important, but also 
if you don't have the 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 time or that health to actually experience the rewards out of all you 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 know the time that you're put into then this is not really something uh, fruitful for you yes. so health is important fitness is important so once i'm done with my day i go grind in the gym one and a half hour straight up you know hit some dumbbells do some benches go crazy on that and you know i feel really uh, what do you say like satisfied by that you know a whole day of grind and then i'm at the gym working out meeting more people who have the same mindset as me we synergize we have that same frequency we talk about how our day was and then we come to the gym we grind and then that that feeling that gives that gives some sort of balance so maintaining that balance is very important in somebody's you know personal and professional life and talking about the mindfulness yes there was a time when i was going through a phase where i just was kind of confused and so i relied on myself to, i mean i relied on my consciousness and just felt like yeah let's take this uh, let's take a break and let's start you know living in the moment and that's what mindfulness is all about right you know just uh, staying in that zone and accepting things as it is and uh, you know closing your eyes and letting time flow through you and you know having a peace of mind because that's important because yeah health is something but the mindfulness where you can experience a sort of satisfaction your achievement and you know your downfalls and then you accept them and you basically self realize and self introspect about yourself that's very important in in mindfulness and i was really influenced by a lot of thought provoking leaders i read a lot of books and everyone said that mindfulness is very important and even in the web3 space like if you meet a lot of top folks out there they just tell that they're very much into the fitness they're very much into health because they know to live a sustainable life after all these things that they have worked hard for it's just to keep yourself happy and staying happy requires a lot of these things yeah that's that's definitely it i mean when i met people folks from web3 i was very surprised because if you meet people generally like devs in web2 they're like all of i mean it's the hustle culture i can't blame them but then in web3 everyone just seemed so chill and they enjoyed what they were doing and for those who you know like you said like mindfulness and fitness together go uh, hand in hand because i think for your ups uh when you want to enjoy everything you need to be fit enough for it and when when you're you know going through your lows in in web3 i think that's where mindfulness comes in which is uh the best combination and um with that i have my final question for you which is um a little bit of ai so i want to know you know how do you see the um intersection of ai and blockchain shaping the future of technology and innovation because you're in the field and um everything's web3 but now ai is slowly coming in i think there are a lot of platforms that are you know ai integrated with web3 so um are there any specific use cases or projects that you find particularly exciting in this space or that you guys are working on um you know what's what's the okay. that's that's amazing bringing ai into this so yeah if you look at it ai web3 crypto all of these guys are actually emerging technologies mm-hmm. right and these emerging technologies are basically you know uh, self like we would depend on each other mm-hmm. and if you're able to combine these technologies together yeah. you'll be able to have a solid synergy a solid product out there mm-hmm. so what basically web3 is trying to solve is you know uh, users uh, you know ownership uh having freedom to you know uh own what you want to do or i mean to own your digital assets or your financial freedom in your own terms so there's a narrative that's there on web3 and when it comes to uh ai it's much more about 
utilizing the best of the technology to solve your problems, to actually uh, build solutions uh, and not relying on the human labor. So yeah, there are two different narratives, but when you combine these narratives, you have a stronger synergy. I can give you a, a very good example, coming to our wallet itself. Our wallet, we have a chat and pay feature. So leaving all that aside, we have like a trading feature that we have introduced. Now, if anybody wants to get into uh, trading or something, they would really need some help or some, some sort of guidance. And if there's like a chatbot and that chatbot is AI driven, where it has all these different solutions, uh, completely you know, able to address these users' problems, that's a very good way. That's a very good collaboration I can definitely see between AI and crypto. But not only that, there are different other ways that AI can be actually employed to build better solutions. Like, a very quick uh, one I could definitely say is automating your trades. Maybe maybe you can actually employ an AI chatbot or an AI bot that can actually understand your trading, uh, you know, cycles and then accordingly uh, positioning your trades for you. So this is a very very you know uh, very elaborate topic that I I would really like to discuss on. And of course, like I don't think so the time would permit on that end. But how I can really say is we need all these. Uh, technologies and accepting these technologies and then building over them and of course finding solutions that actually leverage these technologies would take us much much forward and yeah. we need blockchain we need crypto we need web3 and once we combine these two strong uh, models it's going to bring it's going to actually you know elevate our uh, you know our upgradation of human life and you know and of course, the society as a whole, like we would really need all these technologies. For sure. I mean, a lot of people right now see, uh, you know, AI and Web3 as a threat. But I think we need to think differently and see where they work together for just the good. I mean, technology has definitely been something we've all taken time to adapt to with the Internet to start off with. So I think with AI and Web3, it's going to take some time, but we're going to get there. And uh, yeah, I think with that, we come to an end of the episode. Thank you so much, Piyush, for, you know, sharing your journey and your insights and expertise on, you know, navigating the dynamic uh, landscapes of Web3 and crypto. We enjoyed uh, the conversation. I hope our listeners did too. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, with that, I think um, we're going to uh, say bye and stay tuned for more engaging discussions on the Silicon Dreams, guys. <laughs>